because we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the April 5th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. How will the five African teams do at this year's FIFA World Cup football tournament in Qatar? We'll have some analysis on Tuesday's show, but first, our friend in Kampala, Magume Davis Rakawinch, kicks things off with comments from the FIFA president before the recent World Cup draw in Qatar. What an emotion it is to be here in front of you. Now it's getting serious. Now we know that it is for real. Now the World Cup is going to start. We are here. The greatest show on earth which will have over 3 million spectators here in Qatar and over 5 billion people watching it from home. The world will be united in Qatar. FIFA President Giovanni Vincenzo Infantino addressed the cheering crowd ahead of the draw. He said he hoped the World Cup will evoke peace throughout the world. Former Nigerian International Augustin Azuka Okocha, commonly known as JJ Okocha, was among the soccer legends that participated in the draw. He said we'll be looking forward to African champions, Senegal, at the finals. We're excited. You know, um, we believe we can compete now. Uh, we've been improving over the years, and uh, we can't wait for it to start. Senegal was placed in Group A alongside hosts Qatar, Ecuador, and European giants, the Netherlands. Tunisia was placed in Group D alongside defending champions France and specified intercontinental playoff winner and Denmark. Another North African giants, Morocco, will play Belgium, Canada, and Croatia in Group F, while Cameroon plays record World Cup winners, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland in Group G. Sports analyst Leon Senyange says many soccer fans around the globe will be looking forward for a repeat of Luis Suarez Uruguay and West Africans Ghana in Group H alongside Portugal and South Korea. I still have this confidence that Morocco can, um, well, uh, at least advance from this particular group. It is very, very possible. They have the kind of football that can uh, see them advance from, from the group. As for Ghana, um, of course, for many, the most exciting of match that uh, many will be talking about is the Ghana-Uruguay contest again. The ghosts of 2010 coming back alive, and uh, we'll look forward to that kind of contest. Uh, but uh, on a whole, um, just as much, and pretty much like Cameroon, they have a very tricky task. In that contest in South Africa, the only World Cup to be held on African continent, Suarez used his hand to stop a goal which would have taken Ghana to the semi-finals, as the two teams were 1-1 in the dying minutes of the game. Uruguay went on to win the game on penalties. Senyangi says we'll be rooting for African champion Senegal. Sports analyst Felix Gakuba Romario from Rwanda also says he believes the African champions Senegal Captain by Liverpool playmaker Sadio Mane will be a darling of many fans. Certainly, I believe that Senegal is one of the uh, the teams that uh, people will be looking at. 
Uh, it is uh, with his place together with the Qatar and Liquida. Senegal has the biggest squad. Senegal has just won the, the African Cup of Nations. Senegal uh, has been together for quite a long time with their coach since 2015. So to me, I believe that the Senegal will surprise many people, go to the next round of 16, and uh, they have a chance of even qualifying to the quarterfinals. Senyang says African teams have come of age and be forced to recon on at this year's World Cup. But on the whole, I think African teams now have as much time to prepare for this competition. 200, over 200 days is enough for you to try and see what you can squeeze through, um, plan better. Uh, some of the challenges we've had as African teams was the ability to plan, but times have changed. So I still think that um, the teams can have a very good showing when it comes to the Qatar tournament. No African country has ever gone beyond the quarterfinals of the World Cup. And African legends like Didier Drogba have been calling on the soccer governing body, FIFA, to increase sports for African countries. How can you have a lot of chances of winning the World Cup when you only have five out of 32? Or... So when you look at the math, it's almost impossible. So we need to have more teams, uh, more African teams in, in, uh, in the competition which would give us a bit more chances to, to, to go through the, the quarterfinal or semifinal or the final. Look at Europe, they have, I think they've got 12 representatives and, and, and the other continents as well. So I would love things to move forward and, and more teams, more African teams to be represented. And, and, and I think it would be uh, a big difference. For the sunny side of sports, I am Ogume. Davis Rwakarindini Kampala, Uganda. Thanks, Magume. As you mentioned, Morocco will play Belgium, Canada, and Croatia in Group F at the World Cup. For some insights into that group, Iron Mike Mbonye contacted the media officer of Nigeria's Enyimba Football Club, Zazi Barisa. Of course, one would think that it's all about the underachieving Belgian team. Of course, this is a team with so much talent, so many players that um, some countries can only wish to have. But unfortunately, over the years, with this golden generation they are called, the Belgians have not been able to win any silverware. And that's really becoming troubling for them because um, we see them at the initial stages of tournaments. You look at the 2018 World Cup, the 2021 Euros. They have a clean sweep in the group stage, but only falter when the crucial stages come around. So this is yet another opportunity for them. Of course, they are expected to have another clean clean sweep in this particular group and um, emerge winners of this group. I wouldn't be surprised if they are able to pick all nine points as they have done in the last two major tournaments. But what would really define this Belgian side would not be what they do in the group stage, but what they do after the group stage. There is also Croatia. Of course, you want to consider them because of their exploits at the 2018 World Cup where they finished um, the second best team 
in that um, tournament. But so many have felt that it was just a lucky ride for Croatia at the 2018 World Cup. And the Croatians have not proved us wrong because when you look at how they fared in the major tournament after the World Cup in Russia, they, they struggled pretty much, struggled to qualify from their group and eventually got, got knocked out quite early in the knockout stages of that tournament. So looking at this, one cannot really bet on the Croatians. Canada, of course, have shown great progress as a nation in football, but in women's football and in men's football. And coming to the World Cup right now is a big achievement for them already. They, they will be coming as one of the most improved teams in the world at the moment. But I think the World Cup is a real test for them because for so many years, they haven't played any competitive game against a team outside the CONCACAF region. They haven't played a competitive game against a European team, against an African team as well. And these are the teams that they will be meeting at the World Cup. So I just wait to see how they will be able to square up against these non-CONCACAF teams. Belgium and Croatia have good teams. Why Canada's emerging form saw them book the World Cup ticket? Do you think Morocco has any chance against these teams. For Morocco, who are the African team in that group, one thing you cannot take away from them is the experience of their Bosnian coach, Vahid Halilozic. He's been around with them since after the 2019 AFCON and has been able to bring so much stability to that team. And let's not forget, this is a very experienced coach. The last time he led a team to the World Cup was in 2014 when he was coach of Algeria. Belgium were also in the same group with Algeria, so he will be facing Belgium again. But the, the story of that World Cup was how beautiful that Algerian team were. They qualified from that group which had Belgium and Russia as well, and it took the brilliance of the eventual champions, Germany, to knock them out. In fact, they dragged Germany to extra time in that round of 16 fixture. I still remember it very clearly. So they were quite fantastic. And this same coach, Halilozic, will be looking to repeat the same feat, at least with this Moroccan side. So I cannot bet against this Moroccan side. All they have to do is start on a good note in their opening game against Croatia. As a matter of fact, that's a game I think that they can win. And if they are able to do that, and with the way the group is shaped, a point in their last two matches might just see them through to the next round of the competition. So I really do fancy the chances of Morocco qualifying from that group. The indomitable Lions of Cameroon are in Group G with five times champions, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland. Your take on the group? Group G has everything for the fans to look forward to pretty much everything to European countries, a South American country and an African country. And in many ways, it is a typical World Cup group because you already know the two favorite teams to qualify from that group and of course the two underdogs. Zazi, in your opinion, do you think the indomitable Lions can make it from Group G? For the African team in Group G, Cameroon, 
Unfortunately, I really do not fancy their chances. I know Samuel Alto, the FA president over there, has brought in his former captain, Rigobert Song. And in as much as Song has been in charge for just two games, one of those two games, the game in Algeria that eventually sealed their World Cup place for them has given the Cameroonians so much hope and so much belief that uh, there is a serious project going on um, with the Indomitable Lions. But I just feel that the 2022 World Cup is coming too soon for that project to come to full manifestation. Also considering that they find themselves in a very difficult group with two teams that almost very likely will make it from that group. Brazil and Switzerland. It will be extremely difficult for the Cameroonians. When we talk about the Brazilians and the Swiss team, we are talking about teams that are very difficult to break down. And when Minos come up against these teams that are not just good teams, but are also very difficult to break down, then it's almost very unlikely that uh, there will be an upset. I will be glad if the Cameroonians can prove me wrong and upset the Swiss team and maybe the Brazil but I just think that this group is a bit too difficult for this promising Cameroon team to navigate. That's Zazie Barisa, the media officer of Nigeria's Anyimba Football Club. And Zazi spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Aba, Nigeria. Spotted greetings. This is Zazi Barisa, media officer of Iemba Football Club of Aba, Nigeria. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Join me, Heidi Adams, on the next Straight Talk Africa. I'll have an exclusive interview with Wamkele Mene, Secretary General of the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, said to be the world's largest free trade zone. Plus, a new report reveals a link between the media's portrayals of Africa on the next Straight Talk Africa. This Wednesday at 18.30 UTC. The Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins the forces with Africa's Premier Men's Basketball League to bring you the second season of the BAL. 38 games, 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7, FMs and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game, play-by-play, post-game. Daily highlights delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. Basketball Africa League 2022 will resume Saturday, April 9th, when 2021 champion Zamalek of Egypt will host debutante Cobra Sport of South Sudan in the opening Nile Conference game in Cairo. After winning the inaugural trophy last year in Kigali, Rwanda, Zamalek has brought in some new players as well as new American head coach, Will Voigt, who guided Nigeria to the 2015 FIBA AfroBasket title. And speaking of Nigeria, 
Zamalek also signed this big man who played on Nigeria's 2015 Afrobasket champion team. Sporty greetings. This is Ike Diagu. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. The Nile Conference games will be played from April 9th to April 19th at the Hassan Mustafa Sports Hall in Cairo. The top four finishers in the conference will advance to the Basketball Africa League playoffs next month in Kigali. In U.S. men's college basketball, the Jayhawks of Kansas edged the Tar Heels of North Carolina by three points Monday night to win their fourth national title in New Orleans, Louisiana. The AP's Gethin Coolbaugh reports. It was anything but easy for Kansas, but the Jayhawks rallied to beat North Carolina 72-69 in the NCAA Men's National Championship game in New Orleans. David McCormick hit a pair of key buckets in the final minute and 21 seconds. He finished with 15 points and 10 rebounds to power Kansas to its first national title since 2008. Game's on the line. You got adrenaline pumping. You got a desire. You're going to go get it. You know, I snatched a rebound with two hands. The coach talks about just keeping the ball high and going right back up. Um, and that's the only thing that was going through my mind. The Jayhawks pulled off the biggest comeback in title game history after erasing a 16-point first-half deficit. Caleb Love missed a tying three at the buzzer. It was a kind of screen to get me open, and it was supposed to be a screen for me to get a flare. Uh, I got the ball, and I took the shot and came up short. I'm Geffen Coolbaugh. Thanks, Geffen. The head coach of the national champion Jayhawks of Kansas is Bill Self. Be special to win regardless, uh, but to win when your team had to fight and come back the way they did uh, uh, and show that much grit uh, makes this one uh, off the charts. I, I thought this would be good. And this is a heck of a lot better than I thought it would be. Now we'll hear from a few of the Kansas players. Guard Remy Martin came off the bench to score 14 points in the national title game. This year has been, you know, uh, a tough year individually for me. Um, just injuries and, and just, you know, uh, you know, hard to find a groove sometimes. But, you know, it felt it feel great, man. These guys have been amazing throughout the whole process. They've always, you know, kept me going and they always, you know, gave me confidence and uh, couldn't ask for a better group. Meanwhile, senior forward Mitch Lightfoot of Kansas scored two points in his final college basketball game. What a way to go out. I'm so, so happy for these guys. So happy for Coach. So happy for uh, for Kansas uh, our fans, it just means the world to to, to them. And uh, as far as six years of college, I figure you stay around long enough, and you you're uh, you're bound to you're bound to get to get one. One Kansas player with African ties is guard Ochai Ogbaji, whose father moved from Nigeria to the United States when Ochai was 17 years old. Ochai was asked if Coach Self had a special message at halftime that sparked the big comeback by Kansas in the second half. The message, I mean, was obviously different. Coach was, he obviously challenged us and, you know, he was amped up in there. But it was just a matter of us playing our game and executing in the second half and uh, taking away what they were, you know, what they were getting at in the first, in the first half. Ochai Ogbaji scored 12 points in the national title game and was named the NCAA Basketball Tournament's Most Outstanding Player. 
Agbaji says he credits teammate David McCormick for the team's title run. I don't really care because we won the national championship. Um, but if I really had a most outstanding player throughout the whole entire, you know, final four, it'd be David. Um, he's been my guy. We got here. We got here, you know, at the same time. And, um, you know, these goals and these dreams, you know, that we're living right now, we never would have thought of, you know, uh, when we first set foot on campus. Let's give a sunny side of sports salute to Ochai Agbaji and the Jayhawks of Kansas, this year's national champions in U.S. men's college basketball. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. Hello, Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle at VOA Sunny Sports. Turning to tennis, Iga Sviantek moved up one spot to the top of the women's world rankings Monday, becoming the first player from Poland to be number one in the sport. The 20-year-old Sviantek takes over from Ash Barty, who announced last month that she was retiring at the age of 25 after more than two years at number one. Sviantek won the 2020 French Open and is currently on a 17-match winning streak that includes the title at the Miami Open in Florida, where she defeated Naomi Osaka 6-4 and 6-love in the final on Saturday. Sviantek also won a tournament last month in Indian Wells, California, and another trophy in Doha, Qatar, where the World Cup draw was held four days ago. And that trophy was lifted in February. In Iga's words, and I quote, I felt like everything clicked this season. Reigning French Open champion Barbara Krejcikova of the Czech Republic rose two places to number two in the women's world tennis rankings. And Spain's Paula Badosa moved up three places to number three. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. The highest-ranked American player in women's tennis is Danielle Collins at number eight. And the highest-ranked African player is Tunisia's Anz Jabur at number 10. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music from bobo music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, afrobeat to ndombolo and makosa to kwaito. The African beat on VOA has it all. 
and it's happening right here. Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of the VOA's African Beat Music Show. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. VOA's Gwen Uten joins us now with a preview of Tuesday evening's quarterfinal matches in Europe's top club football tournament, the UEFA Champions League. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. Manchester City are set to host Atletico Madrid in their first leg Champions League quarterfinal tie. And ahead of the match, Man City manager Pep Guardiola told reporters his habit of overthinking has helped him prepare for Tuesday's clash. Always I overthink, always create new, new tactics, new ideas. I overthink a lot. That's why I had very good results in Champions League. Uh, I love, it would be boring my job if all the time I had to see the same way against opponents, they face different ways to play. Every player has a mother and father, you know? And the mother and father have a different personalities, a different type of players. And I have to adapt and adjust. That's why I love to overthink and create stupid tactics again to after that when I don't win, being punished. So this is the reason why. Guardiola has won the Champions League title twice as manager for Barcelona, and he's looking to lift the trophy again for the first time in 11 years. Man City are also in the hunt for a fourth Premier League title in five seasons at the top of the table. And Guardiola says his side needs to stay on top of their game against reigning La Liga champions Atletico. I think after watching Atletico Madrid, there are a miss this conception wrong wrong conception about the way he played so it's more of offensive that the people could believe uh, they know exactly it depends on the position of the ball it depends on the movement of the game they know exactly the way they have to play this exacting moment it depends on the ball are and the ball it is and, and, and the moment of the game, winning, losing, last minutes, early minutes, beginning of the second half. And uh, in these kind of situations, they are really good, really, really good. Atletico head to Itiad Stadium to face Man City, a team coach Diego Simeone calls a joy to watch. Atletico are in the Champions League quarterfinals after defeating Manchester United in the last 16. But Simeone does not believe that victory gives his side an advantage on Tuesday. He admits Man City has better players and says Atletico must improve everything about their performance on the pitch to advance to the semifinal round. Benefica are hoping for a home field advantage when they host Liverpool on Tuesday. Benefica eliminated Ajax in the last 16 to reach the quarterfinals. And ahead of the match, Benefica coach Nelson Verissimo said if his side plays at a high level, they can shock Liverpool in their first leg clash. Verissimo says from our point of view, 
view, we believe we can divide the quarterfinal with Liverpool with the same logic we used against Ajax. Of course, we recognize quality, capacity, and merit in Liverpool's squad, so we expect a very tough match. But we believe if we play at our level as we did against Ajax, we can block the strengths of Liverpool. Liverpool are coming off a 2-0 Premier League win over Watford going into the Champions League quarterfinals. And manager Jurgen Klopp says their last victory is a perfect example of how he wants his side to approach their remaining competitions. Oh, I don't think about being better. I think about being um, on top of our game. So that's the plan for, for, for all the games. If it doesn't happen, it's not about that. You try to improve here or there. You try to improve in general. Um, and I think it's obviously a different opponent. Um, yeah. Yeah. One of the most successful teams in Portugal um, this year. Um, maybe not exactly where they want to be in the table, but um, are, for that they are went far in the Champions League, so it's a, it's a tough opponent. Liverpool won the League Cup in February and are currently second in the Premier League, just one point behind leaders Manchester City. And with Klopp's side now in the semifinals of the FA Cup and the quarterfinals of the Champions League, Liverpool seem to be on track to win four trophies this season. However, Jurgen Klopp played down any talk of his side achieving the coveted quadruple. We all know one f- failure, one s- little wrong step or whatever, and at least one competition could be gone. So um, we have to make sure. And there's no problem for us, by the way, because we don't feel that well about the situation. We don't feel that great. We just um, feel um, ready for the next challenge, and that's all I need. Um, but there's no big celebration about the development of the club in the last few years. It's just um, really serious work, and I'm very, very happy about that. All four teams are hoping for an advantage going into the second leg of the quarterfinals next week. The UEFA Champions League final will take place on May 28th at the Stade de France near Paris. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uden. And that wraps up the April 5th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. I get it. And that's the sunny side of sport.